I'll run these uh, introduction slides past you just real quick. That has really got a glare off this morning, so I hope you can see it because I can't see it that well here. A new view of an old of the old you from Ephesians chapter one, verse seventeen through twenty. Now, I'll explain that a little bit further in a minute because there's several passages that we'll take a look at today. In Ephesians chapter one, verse eighteen. Paul prays for the eyes of their understanding. I believe as Larry read this morning, it says that the eyes of your heart. And what that means is that with your mind that you might be able to understand these things. And in this new year, as we begin this uh, new year, I want us to think about where we have been previously. Where are you now? And then where are you going, spiritually speaking? So, so I want to keep that in mind. There's four points that we're going to take a look at this morning. Progressive revelation. I'll explain this as we go along, and hopefully you'll see how these all kind of tie together. So we'll talk about progressive revelation. We'll talk about learning from the past. We'll talk about traveling with someone on the inside. And I'll explain that as we go along. And then finally, at the conclusion of this lesson, I'm going to give you a New Year's resolution to think about. So becoming a problem and I'll uh, I'll explain that as we go along here so first off progressive revelation now as I mentioned before Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17 through 20 was read this morning and we always have to have that scripture reading right so I kind of settled on that but it's not that that's where we're going to really focus that's kind of a springboard into this lesson and there's several passages, scriptures that we're going to take a look at today. One of those passages is from Ephesians 1 because Paul says, I want your eyes to be opened to certain things that you'll come to understand is what he is making reference to. But over in James, the first chapter about verses 23 through 25, James talks about us looking into God's word and not just being hearers but being doers of that word and then over in Hebrews the sixth chapter and about verse one the Hebrew writer talks about moving fast moving past those first principles and then going on to maturity so tie those together What Paul is saying, there's certain things that I want you to come to understand. James says, I want you to not just look into the word, but I want you to be doers of the word. And then the Hebrew writer is saying that I want you to grow and mature. And so that's what God is saying to us. So certain things that I want you to come to understand. I want you to look into my word. I want you to apply that word. And I want to help you to grow and to mature spiritually. So as we think about that. If we apply that, where's that going to take us in 2022? Look, learn, and then grow spiritually. So first off, progressive revelation. I'm going to turn to the book of Hebrews, and I'm going to read to you from Hebrews chapter 5, and beginning at verse 13, and read down through Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 5 at verse 13. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason 
of their those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Hebrew writers talking about learning, growing, applying these things. That's what James is talking about in James chapter 1, verse 23 through 25. God wants us to grow spiritually. Hebrew writers suggest there's a point in time when you are a babe in Christ. He wants us to move beyond that. To grow. To learn. To apply. To be doers. Having our senses trained by application of His Word. You know what that means? That means... That there's certain spiritual battles you face in life. There's certain challenges that you are confronted with as you grow. And what Paul is suggesting, what James is suggesting, what the Hebrew writer is suggesting, is that you learn these things, you understand those things, you apply those things, as you face those spiritual battles so that you can grow and mature and so that you can become stronger. Doing what God would have you to do. So let me ask you. You got any spiritual battles in your life? Any challenges to your growing and maturing spiritually? Ephesians 1, that the eyes of your heart, that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. You know what that means? Certain things God wants you to see. Certain things that God wants you to see that you can't see with your eyes. The only way you can see those things is with your mind. You come to understand these things. So why is that so important? Well, one of the reasons is this. You need to see, I need to see, where the enemy attacks you most frequently. Can you see that? And if you want to grow and to mature spiritually, will you ask God to help you see where your weaknesses are so that you can grow, so that you can mature, so that you can become what God wants you to become? You know why that's important? Because if you fail to see that, you're going to spend a great deal of your time this year fighting battles that you should have conquered last year. Let me ask you this question. 
You ever feel like you're stuck? I just feel like I'm stuck. I don't think my life's really going anyplace. I don't know if I'm really growing, maturing, spiritually. I feel kind of stuck where I am. But I can't figure out why. Would you ask God to help you? You know, in our marriage, this is an illustration. This is not what I'm talking about here, okay? <laughs> in our marriage, I feel like we're just stuck. It's not really that great a place to be. We're kind of just stuck. Will you ask God to help you to see why you're stuck? You know, it just doesn't seem to be right between me and my kids, and we have this friction, and it just feels like we're stuck. Will you help God to see where you're stuck and why you can't move beyond it? James says in James chapter 1, verse 23 through 25, that when you look into his word, he doesn't want you to just be a hearer, but a doer. Do you ever think in our own lives, do you ever think in our marriages, do you ever think in our relationships with our kids, do you ever think in relationship with brethren, that maybe we have looked, that maybe we do see what God says, but we just didn't apply it. So now let me ask you. Where's the battleground? <laughs> See, we say, I've got this problem in my life. But I'm not really applying that word. So where's the battleground? The battleground is take that word and apply it. We've got this issue in our marriage and it feels like we're stuck. But somehow as the husband or as the wife, I'm not applying that word. So let me ask you, where's the battleground? <laughs> you didn't apply it. Well, God gave you. And so you see where it's going? It can be self. It can be family. It can be brethren. It can be. And that's where the battleground is. The breakdown is not following what God said to put on the inside. I want you to keep that in mind. The breakdown is when we fail to put on the inside what God said. So Paul says, Ephesians 1 and verse 17, I pray that the eyes of your understanding might be opened. And then he says that you might have a spirit of wisdom. Wisdom. You know what that means? That means insight into the true nature of things. Paul says, I'm praying that you might have your eyes opened and that you might be given a spirit of wisdom. 
understand. So that you might see, where's the real problem here? Is it me? Is it them? (laughs) Is the word being applied? So that we can see where the real problem is. So God providing, and are we taking advantage of what he supplies? Do we see ourselves? Do we see where we've been? Do we see where we are? And do we see where we're going? And do we see what's moving us along in this life? Is it God or is it something else? Can we see that? So keep this in mind. God wants to protect you. God wants to guide you. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 says, You are protected by the power of God through faith. How are you protected spiritually? By the power of God through faith. So keeping that in mind. So as we approach a new year, I want you to think about it like this way. You're approaching a new phase in your life. Not a new year. A new phase. Last year was a phase in your life spiritually. Now is a phase in your life spiritually. And you're moving towards a new phase. Now, if we had time, we'd go back and we'd read the entire second chapter of Deuteronomy. Because when God brought Israel out of Egyptian bondage, and they went by way of the Red Sea into the wilderness, you know, as they traveled along, God gave them direction about how they were going to travel, and there were some areas they were supposed to go to, and there were other areas that they were not supposed to go to. And you know what they did? Sometimes they went where they weren't supposed to go. And other times when they were supposed to go, they didn't go. Do you ever think that happens to us? So in Deuteronomy, the second chapter, in about verse 3, there was a certain area that they were supposed to pass through. But they just kind of kept avoiding it. And so finally, God through Moses says to them, you've skirted this mountain, you've circled this mountain long enough. It's time to head north. You know what he's saying? This is the way I want you to go. You've been avoiding it. And now I'm telling you, you've skirted it, you've avoided it long enough. Now you need to go here. So that's what I'm suggesting. That sometimes we feel like we're stuck. Well, maybe you've circled that mountain long enough. (laughs) Or sometimes within marriage, you know, feel like we're stuck. Well, maybe you've circled that mountain long enough. Maybe you need to listen, is what God was telling them, to what I'm telling you, and then we'll move forward. 
That's the way you grow. Or will you fight the same old battles over and over and over again? What that requires is self-awareness. That's why Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened and that you might come to have a spirit of wisdom and knowledge. He goes on to talk about God. Come to better understand Him. Come to better understand you and where He's trying to take you. And that's progressive. As we learn, we grow, and we mature. That's what the Hebrew writer was talking about. There's something that is referred to as progressive revelation as far as God's Word is concerned. And that term is really used to describe how God has given us His Word. And what that means is this. God never changes. But our understanding of Him and of His plan changes. Our knowledge, our understanding changes. So that's why we talk about progressive revelation. It unfolds. Let me give you an illustration. Genesis chapter 3 and about verse 15. God created Adam and Eve, put them in the garden, told them not to eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Along comes Satan, and he convinces them that that's what they ought to do. And so they fall into sin. And then in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, God speaking to Satan says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. You know what that means? Do you think when it was first stated that it was understood what that means? No. But as you read God's Word, then you come to understand what that means and how God's plan unfolds within His Word and how God defeats Satan and how He redeems us and restores us. And I come to understand that through this revelation, progressive revelation, how God was going to defeat Satan, how he was going to redeem us, restore us through his son. And we watch that unfold on the pages of the Old Testament and find its fulfillment in the New Testament. So we talk about the Bible as being progressive revelation. We see concepts introduced in Genesis and in the Old Testament that find their fulfillment in the New Testament. So by the time you get to the book of Revelation, you've got the complete picture. But you know what else that means to we also come to see ourselves 
We come to understand that life is that way. We come to understand that I'm that way and that you are that way. That's spiritual growth. Hebrews 5 and verse 14. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. God wants us to learn. He wants us to learn about Him. Learn about His plan. Learn about ourselves. Take His word and apply it. And then we can see Him. We can see self. We can see others. And we can see what He's provided. And we can see that there was a previous stage and phase in my life. And that now I'm at this phase. And God wants to move that forward. So let me give you another illustration. Was there a time in your life when you knew of God, but you didn't know God? Was there a time in your life when you saw yourself differently than the way you see yourself now? And then you became or you understood both differently. You started to understand God differently. You understood his plan differently. You understood yourself differently. And now this is where you are. Do you know how you got here? God brought you here. God wants to show you more about Him. And God wants to show you more about you. God's not done. That's what I'm saying. So along those lines, sometimes we get into battles that we don't really need to be engaged in. Sometimes we need to learn from the mistakes of the past. So let me suggest this. One of the keys to spiritual growth is learning from the past. I want to read to you from the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, beginning at about verse 13. The Apostle Paul says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended yet, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. What's Paul talking about? He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about spiritual growth. And if you back up in that same chapter, the Apostle Paul will talk about the way he saw himself at one time. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. <laughs> and he had something to be proud of. And that's the way he saw himself. But then he come to realize, through Jesus Christ, I wasn't going to have salvation because I kept the law perfectly. If I'm going to have salvation, it's because of what Jesus Christ has done. 
And so now I start to see God differently. Now I start to see His plan. Now I start to see how it applies to me. Now I see myself differently. Is that progressive? Yeah, it is. Did Paul learn anything from the past? Yeah, he did. And Paul says, if you're mature, then you should think about these things and how it applies. And in the past, maybe there were some places that you were that you shouldn't have been. What's Paul talking about? In my mind, at one time, I was a big deal. (laughs) Maybe you should have never been there. And when you thought you were a big deal, do you know what battles you were fighting? The battles that you created. Because God never called you to that battle. (laughs) Can you see that? And that's what happens to us sometimes. We fight battles of our own making. There are plenty of battles to fight. (laughs) Let God show you which ones you're supposed to fight. And don't be fighting the ones that you're not. So that means there are certain places you should go and there are certain places you shouldn't go. You should avoid. And that doesn't just mean with our bodies. It means with our minds. So let me give you this suggestion for the new year. I'll try to hit everybody, okay? I think some folks shouldn't go to Facebook. Twitter, Instagram. Some folks shouldn't go to CNN. Some folks shouldn't go to Fox News. Told you I'd get everybody. (laughs) Why? Because that may lead your mind to places where you shouldn't be. So think about this. Maybe God wants to warn you about those places because every time you go there, He knows what it does to you. Maybe every time you go there, you become judgmental. Is that a problem for Christians? Yeah. Or maybe every time you visit those places, you start to compare yourself with someone else. And maybe when you visit those places, you start to feel less than what you are. And that your life is missing something. Or maybe you go there and all of a sudden, I'm feeling pretty good. And now I'm getting proud and puffed up. Maybe 
before we go to those places, we should read Galatians 5. Remember Galatians 5? The works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Which one should we be pursuing? So let me ask you this question. Have you lived long enough to know where you're the weakest? And in this new year, are you going to ask God to help you see where you're the weakest? And help you to work on those areas? Let me ask you this. Do you need to read more? Do you need to pray more? Do you need to attend more? Do you need to avoid more? It's all things to think about. And I want to give you another thought since this is the beginning of the year and oftentimes this is the time when we are making resolutions. What's the most popular you think about? Well, I'm going to lose weight, right? (laughs) I'm going to join the gym and get in shape. So here's what we do in this modern age that we live in of our selfies and Facebook and all this stuff. So I decide I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to start an exercise program. Day one, I head off to the YMCA or to the gym or Gold's Gym or wherever it is. And I get there to the door and I got my new little outfit on. And I stop by the front door and I take my selfie. (laughs) Here I am, day one. And I'm starting. Or... I've decided I'm going to read. And so here I am, and I've got Genesis 1. Can you, can you see it? I'm going to ask you to not to do something. I'm going to ask you, don't do that. Don't, po- don't post the first day. I'm not saying it's not good that you start and you do those things. Just don't post that first day. Save it for a month or two months or three months. And then take that selfie. And if you've been going faithfully to the gym for three months... And you've been on that diet faithfully for three months. Guess what? You won't need to post it because I'll already see it. (laughs) Right? And if you've been reading faithfully. I started in Genesis and now I'm in Deuteronomy. (laughs) Now post. Can you see that? Because you know what psychologists say? It takes a certain period of time to form a habit, to make a change. Day one, you haven't changed anything. (laughs) But by the third month, maybe you have. 
So the idea is not to just start, but it's to grow. And that takes some self-awareness. Where have I been? Where am I now? And where do I want to go? And am I doing the things I need to do to go there? So I want you to think about this. Traveling with somebody on the inside. I'm going to give you these passages. They're on the outline. I'm not going to read each one. I'm just going to tell you what's there. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Galatians 3 and verse 2. And Romans 8 and verse 9. You know what they say? 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 3 and verse 2. Do you know how you received the Spirit? Paul says by hearing with faith. That's how you receive the Spirit. Romans 8 and verse 9. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Psalms 119 and 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now put those together. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God dwells in you. How did it get in you? Galatians 3 and verse 2. You receive the Spirit by hearing with faith. That's hearing God's word. That's how the Spirit gets in you. Psalms 119 105. That word is a lamp. And it guides you. So here's the thought. We've been studying 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 23. David is on the run. He's curious about where he ought to run to next. And we're told that Abathar the priest. With the ephod. Comes to him. And so David makes inquiry of the Lord. And then he decides where he should go. So think about that. David is moving. David is traveling. Where should I go next? Let me inquire of the Lord. The Lord reveals it. David decides, and that's where he goes. Traveling, inquiring, deciding, going. Does that sound familiar? Hearing, and then doing. Isn't that what James says? But as you think about what you read there in First Samuel and David inquiring of the Lord, you kind of get this picture. Well, here's David, and he's asking, and he's got Abathar, the priest, to make inquiry of the Lord. You know what that's like? That's like having somebody on the inside feeding you inside information, isn't it? 
hey, what should I do? Let me ask the Lord. This is what the Lord said. Now you got inside information where you ought to go, where you ought to avoid. You've got somebody on the inside. So wouldn't it be good if you knew that going into this new year, you've got somebody on the inside? That you're not traveling alone. That you're not going to face the enemy alone. Well, guess what? Romans 8 and verse 9, the Spirit of God dwells in you. You're not alone. So think about it like this. Wouldn't it be good if when Jesus ascended that He sent His Spirit to live on the inside of those who believe? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't it be good if you had someone on the inside telling you, you need to go here. Don't go there. You need to think this. Don't think that. You need to say this. Don't say that. Wouldn't that be good? You do have somebody on the inside telling you all those things. If you'll listen. Can we see that? You know, with this new year, there comes a lot of commercials and a lot of cliches, right? And they say things like this. New year, new you. Right? Weight Watchers or something like that. Is that the way it just happens? New year. All of a sudden, a new you. It's not quite that easy, is it? There has to be a change that comes from the inside. So let me tell you how this works. The book of Romans. The first part of the book of Romans, Paul explains how we have salvation by faith. He explains the blessings that God has given to us through Jesus Christ. And then when he gets to Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2, he says, I beseech you, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What Paul is saying is, I'm begging you, based upon what God has done for you, give yourself to Him. And then what's he say next? And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So that you might show forth what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's change from the inside. Once again, the psychologists, 
they'll tell you the way in which change comes is by doing something for an extended period of time. There's a phrase they use for that. And they talk about things like neural pathways changing because you do something repeatedly over and over. And the way those neural pathways work presently and the reason why some people do things habitually is because those neural pathways have been trained that way. And so you've got to change that. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 10, Paul talks about putting off the old man and putting on the new. It's a transforming of the mind. It's a change from the inside out. So sometimes people might have an addiction to drugs. Sometimes people might have an addiction to alcohol. Sometimes people might have an addiction to pornography. Sometimes people might have an addiction to food. Sometimes people might have an addiction to gossip. Or sometimes people might have an addiction to just being judgmental. (laughs) And you might hear them say things like, Oh, I don't need to ask God for help in any of those areas in this new year because I don't have any problem with those areas that those people struggle with. The only problem that I have is sometimes I'm a little (laughs) self-righteous. And so I talk about those people who have problems with those things. Sometimes when we're feeling like that, we need to read Luke 18 where the Pharisee and the publican went up to the temple to pray. And then think about what should I ask God for this year? And the point is, as Paul suggests, we've not arrived. And we press toward the goal. And that we're all in this together and that's not overlooking sin that's acknowledging sin and then helping one another to do better keeping in mind God wants to do something new in you this year next phase so let me make this point quickly as we start to wrap this up There are places we should go physically and mentally, and then there are places that we shouldn't go physically and mentally. And when we go to places where we shouldn't go, we can end up in battles that we shouldn't be fighting. But you know what happens when we do that? Then we end up asking for God's help. I want you to think about that. You ever do that? End up in a battle you had never been involved in to begin with. And then asking for God's help to win that battle.
So you're asking him for strength to fight in places where you should have never been in the first place. So what you should ask for, God, help me out of here. Help me to see. Give me a spirit of wisdom so that I can see the true nature of these things. We've got someone on the inside telling us what to avoid and where to go and what battles we should be fighting and what battles we shouldn't be fighting. So now then, in 2022, becoming a problem. Back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 20. Paul is praying God will give them a spirit of wisdom and insight into the way things truly are. And that he will give them a revelation of knowledge of him and of self. And so we think about progressive revelation. We can think about coming to know God. We think about coming to know his word and coming to know his plan. And we begin to see self and we begin to see life and we begin to see the world and we see how this all fits together. And if you learn that, do you know what that is? That's a problem. It's not a problem for you. It's a problem for Satan. Because now you're starting to understand God. You're starting to understand his plan. You're starting to understand yourself. You're starting to understand how you fit in with that. And you start to understand the battles that you're supposed to go to and the ones that you're supposed to avoid. And that's a problem. Not for you, for Satan. Because as long as he's got you confused, he's got you. And then you're no problem. If you learn what God's word says about becoming a child of God, through faith and repentance, confession and baptism, and becoming a new creature in Christ. That's a problem. Not a problem for you. That's a problem for Satan. Because previously you were his, and now you're God's. And he sees you as a problem. If you come to understand Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses four and five, that there is one Lord, there is one faith, and there is one baptism. That's a problem. Not a problem for you. It's a problem for Satan. And he'll see you as a problem. Because now you're starting to understand the truth. If you come to understand that there is one church and one body. That's a problem. Not a problem for you. It's a problem for Satan. Because now you understand that. And I see you, he's saying, I see you as a problem. If you come to understand the reason why God wants you to grow and to mature spiritually is so that you can become conformed to the image of his son, that's a problem. Not for you, for Satan. Because you're no longer like him, now you're like God. And that's the problem. If you come to understand the organization of the church, 
the work of the church, the worship of the church. That's a problem. Not a problem for the church. It's a problem for Satan. So let me ask you this question. When Satan looks at you, does he see you as a problem? When he looks at this congregation, does he say, that's a problem? So you want to know what our resolution ought to be for 2022? I want to be a problem. I know we're not into the thing of making merchandise, but if we were, I'd make a t-shirt. And right across the front, I'd put, I want to be a problem. Romans 8 and verse 29. So that's the reason why we need to think about progressive revelation about God, His plan, about ourselves, and come to understand ourselves and our past and where we are and where we're going so that we can be a problem. Not for ourselves, not for God, but for Satan. I'm going to extend the invitation this morning to any and all that are here. If we can help you in any way with your relationship with the Lord, you let us know while together we stand and while we sing.